in-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with Chris Mack and Josh Taylor. Welcome back in. It is another edition of Fourth Down in the Steel City as we build up towards a huge Sunday night game between the Steelers and all apologies to Chris Berman, the Raiders in Las Vegas alongside Josh Taylor. I'm Chris Mack, and we are going to get you ready for this one. We'll play a little game of is this a thing in a couple of minutes, but what we know is a thing is that Josh's house is getting worked on because we can hear the saws and the drills in the background. Uh I imagine you're having a palatial studio built, um, and you are therefore pushed to a side room. Yes, I am. Where somehow the internet is better, but I like it. I am in the corner of the the guest room right now. That's where I've kind of you know <laughs> tucked myself into. But yeah, if you hear some some weird noises, it's, it's the usual bumps and bruises associated with construction, it's if just, you will, until my office a, gets done. It's not the pork carnitas I had for lunch. I promise. Um, no, not at all. <laughs> so let's talk about the biggest issue in Steeler Land. Before we do that, before we get into Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense, don't forget to subscribe. Inside your Odyssey app, you're going to follow Fourth Down in the Steel City. Three little dots up above. You're going to put your finger there. You're going to tap. You're going to click follow if you haven't already. You'll get notified as soon as new episodes are available. However you get your podcast, be sure to subscribe. Whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you do it, subscribe to Fourth Down in the Steel City today. And again, you'll get notified as soon as new episodes are available. If it's also a video episode like this one and like most of them are, You can get it on YouTube. You see where Josh is pointing? There's a little notification bell down there, and you're going to tap on it when you go to the 93.7 The Fan YouTube page because then you will get notified every time a new episode is posted of anything at 93.7thefan.com, including fourth down in the Steel City. With all of the housekeeping out of the way, including my reminder to leave reviews or comments, uh, we dive into Mr. Pickett, Josh, because... (laughs) This is not it. 15 to 30 for 222 yards. uh, Sacked twice. Throws a pick. The 71-yard touchdown to George Pickens, the only score. A quarterback rating of 71.8. And plenty of off-target balls. Uh, A lot of what we talked about in the immediate aftermath of Monday night's game on our post-game show was... Uh, he he looks like he's lacking confidence. He's lacking decisiveness. Um, I don't know if those are the kind of things as we start to look ahead to Sunday night in Vegas, the kind of things that can be fixed by even the best possible practice reps. It's starting to feel like Kenny Pickett has to get out there on the field and feel it in a game in order to start looking like the guy we thought we were getting in the final nine games last season and those three preseason games this summer. Yeah, I alluded to that Sunday night after the game against Cleveland. You know, the the best thing you could hope for for Kenny Pickett is that he looks a lot more like he did last season against Vegas. And that's that's a good place to start because he looked a lot more decisive in that game against Vegas. He had more control of the offense as far as throwing the ball. He made better decisions against Vegas, and he was accurate against Vegas. You saw that. He was able to lead a a comeback drive in the fourth quarter, and that wasn't really the, the best of – you know, conditions as far as throwing the ball then. It was what Christmas time. It was cold, kind of miserable, but he still Frigid, did what he yeah. had to do. 
and, and get that game-winning strike to, I believe it was George Pickens, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. So, yeah, those are all things that we need to see more of. Now, granted, the latter part of it, we saw that picket-to-pickets connection. We saw that quite a bit against Cleveland when it was necessary. But you got to see more of the accuracy. You got to see more of the decisiveness. You got to see more of the confidence that you mentioned because thing. he looked really confident last season against Vegas. That latter half of the season after the bye week, he looked increasingly confident as the season went on because even immediately after New Orleans, you still saw him develop and develop more confidence and get more more traction with what the offense was doing. And here's where having the scheme that they have, so to speak, goes hand in hand, because if we've known one thing, if Matt Canada does not have a lot of confidence in one area of the offense, he's going to kind of wall that off. He's going to try to avoid getting into that pitfall as much as he can. If there's no trust going deep with the ball, he's going to keep it short. If there's no trust running Mm -hmm. the ball, they're going to throw the ball more or try to spread it out and do more things with it. So if he doesn't have confidence in his quarterback to make intermediate to deep throws accurately, guess what it's going to be? It's going to be a lot of short drops, a lot of getting the ball out quickly, which might not be the best, might not might not be the worst thing, considering the fact he's not getting a lot of protection. But for Kenny Pickett, it is about controlling what you can control. It's about being more decisive. It's about being more accurate. And we know it's in there because yeah. we saw it last year. If, if there's anything else, maybe go back and watch that tape against Vegas from last year. Maybe that's what helps you. But we know it's in there. He just has to tap into it. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the stat sheet from Monday night, you can't ignore the fact that half of the targets to George Pickens went incomplete. He only caught four balls out of the 10 targets thrown his way. Calvin Austin, only one catch in four targets. Um, Najee Harris, even one catch on three targets. Guys are getting the ball thrown their direction, but the throws just aren't there where they need to be. You look in particular um, back to week one, uh, a ball that's behind Deontay Johnson, that if it's on the front shoulder goes for a touchdown. Uh, we had a quick slant to George Pickens early on Monday night that if it's on the front shoulder, it's a conversion and maybe a big play. Um, there are just too many opportunities. And look, I, I understand those that are saying, well, he's got guys in his face right away. Well, in that case, this is where the coordinator does come in and does try to help things out, as you're alluding to here, Josh. It, then then three steps and out, or not even three steps and out. Shotgun, snap, beat, out. I mean, let's let's get some balls out of the quarterback's hands quickly. Let's get them into some playmaker's hands. Heck, it doesn't even have to be into some playmaker's hands. Just get them into somebody's hands. Complete some balls early so that Pickett starts to feel a rhythm And so you start to loosen up the box and you're not running into eight man fronts. Um, I think that is huge if they can actually scheme that up on Sunday night. But that comes back to the question of how confident can you feel in Kenny Pickett now, even as as Matt Canada or Mike Tomlin, how confident can you feel in Kenny Pickett right now, given that the first two games, he has looked as inaccurate as any other point in his very brief NFL career to this point yeah it it does create a lot of concern as far as just what you can do and how much could work if there's two things I'm looking at that could be useful in this game one of them is something that we didn't see a lot of you know going into last season and throughout last season but I've been asking for more of it and we got a little sliver of it last week was I'd like to see more play action and one of his better throws he made last week was involving play action and it was an accurate throw but I think it's also because 
the fact that he had a little bit more of a window, more space, better lanes to throw from, and I think that's helpful for him. I think the other thing is utilizing the running backs out of the backfield a little bit more. You saw it with Jalen Warren. You mentioned Najee Harris having three targets but only one catch. But besides that Pickens play for the touchdown, the catch and run, his next biggest throw of the game was another catch and run, and it was to Jalen Warren, a, a, a play that I thought was actually drawn up pretty well with how the formation went and where Jalen Warren came. Jalen Warren was on the strong side of the formation. He comes across the formation to the weak side, and he was on the strong side with a bunch side to that side. He comes across the formation, away from the bunch, a lot of traffic there, linebacker gets tangled up, and he comes out open, and it turns into a huge play in the passing game. I'd like to see more of that. Just finding ways to get guys, even if it's just an arrow route here, an angle route here, getting a tight end on a short out route, finding ways to get some of these guys open in space, even if it's small gains and you can hit one. If you can hit one like Jalen Warren did, you can turn it into a big play possibly. Not all of them have to be that way, but just some small things to, if nothing else, get his confidence up and keep the chains moving. Well, and that's, that's the thing. Scheme some guys open because it's possible. We just haven't seen it happen yet this year. Get George Pickens lined up in a bunch formation and have all three guys stem their routes off the same angle. And before you know it, guys get caught in the wash. Um, yep. You want to make it difficult for a corner and a safety to communicate about who has who, especially with the inside linebacker or inside nickel corner or safety, whoever has the inside curl zone as well. By all means, put three guys right next to each other, have them all fire off the ball and have those guys in their backpedal trying to figure out, okay, do I have the out route here? Do I have the in route here? Do I have the deep ball? And then have the receivers, I know this is crazy, but maybe have the inside receiver break out and the outside receiver break in. I know that's a wild concept, but try something where you actually get some picks and some rubs in coverage and scheme some guys open it still feels like because of the simplicity, and I know a lot of guys, we talk about simplicity in mm. so much as how they scheme the running game. I think the run game does have to be simplified. I think it does have to be more straight ahead. We talked about that Monday night in the post game. Yep. I think the pass game actually does need to be made more complex. The route trees and the concepts need to be made more complex because think back now, whether you considered it uh, four verticals or not, Think back to that one play call we saw on the goal line against San Francisco that everybody made a big stink about where they're on the three-yard line, five-yard line. I can't remember what it is. But all mm -hmm. four receivers basically just come off the ball and run to the back of the end zone. And you're sitting there saying, wait, wait, we're on the three-yard line, and I didn't see one man cross the formation on his route? What yeah. What are we doing? No and one was in conflict. Nothing. No, no, nothing. No defenders in conflict. And so that's where, you know, I want to be careful when we talk about simplifying things because I mentioned it a lot on Monday night, Tuesday morning. You simplify the run game. Let, let the offensive lineman just fly off the ball and punch people and add a couple tight ends to the mix, hopefully ones that block. We'll get to that later. Um, and punch some dudes in the mouth and go get going forward. In the pass game, let's just create some real simple, like you said, conflict, some some rubs some picks, if, if you want to call them that, on one side of the formation. And this goes back to what you talked about in, in, in the, all the comparisons everybody wants to make to the last quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. In Ben Roethlisberger's first two seasons, he wasn't being asked to read, more often than not, wasn't being asked to read more than half the field. 
Ken Wisenhunt said to him, Ben, take this side of the field, read it and react and be decisive. And that's what he did. And that's why he was successful. Very successful. If if you want to talk about 7% successful. Exactly. So if you want to talk about how you breed confidence in Kenny Pickett, don't ask the man to go out there 13 games into his NFL career, 14 games now, whatever it is, and read the entire field. Say, Kenny, we got a trips bunch on the right side. Just read the right side. Read that Mm -hmm. side and look for the man who breaks free as they all break at about three, five, seven yards, wherever you want to set the brakes. And Hit that guy. Be decisive. Know who you want. Make your pre-snap. Dan Orlovsky, I saw, was talking about it yesterday, I believe, on McAfee. He's not. He's reading pre-snap and locking in. He's not making right. post-snap reads. Give him an easy, quick post-snap read and let him get the ball out. This is where the OC and the quarterback have to come together and where I'm okay blaming both because the OC isn't giving him an easy scheme to read and or maybe he's giving him too easy a scheme for the defense to read. And he's the quarterback is not simply making a decision and going with it. And honestly, the stuff you're talking about, they did some of that last year in the second half of the season. They did some of that where they were coming up with concepts where, and Kenny Pickett talked about this. It might've been the Baltimore game. It wasn't Baltimore. It might've been Atlanta. Actually come to think of it. It was Atlanta. He talked about the touchdown pass to Connor Hayward. And he said, basically I just read one side versus the other. Mm -hmm. And he said, he had a concept where, one side was a man beater. The other side was his own beater. You picked which you figured out from the pre-snap, which side went where. And that's where he went with the ball in the preseason. They talked about how he was able to read the field and Friermuth talked about it with that touchdown against Buffalo and Pickett talked about it. He said, look, looked at the field. We saw, we knew what the route was. We, we saw exactly where this person lined up and this person moved. You knew the throw was there. I think some of this honestly might be his own processing because it's not mm. like it's something we haven't seen before. It might be him just trying to do a little bit too much. So you say maybe don't simplify the passing game. I'd say for Kenny Pickett, maybe simplify your process. Yeah, just go off of your yeah. just go off of your best instinct and go what you and go with what you have. Don't try to make the best play all the time. Just try to make the simplest and smartest play more often than not. Well, it's taking a complex. I guess taking something that's complex and simplifying it for the benefit of the quarterback. Right. Right. So, so simplify for me, not your offense as a whole, but simplify for me the concept on a given play and make it a one post snap read kind of play. That Mm. doesn't mean simplifying the entire offense and dumbing it down because that's that's another very valid criticism that a lot of people have. It's a very vanilla offense that seems to exist around the same few schemes um, that that every play rotates in and out of those schemes. So I, I have a theory about that, but that's for another topic for another time. Okay, but I, I think you can you can simplify the decision making process for your quarterback. It doesn't mean you simplify the entire offense so that it's too simple for the defense to read, which is what I think things are right now. I agree. Um, totally. But that's that's where we're at because if they don't do more to help scheme Kenny Pickett, some scheme some receivers open for Kenny Pickett, then we're going to continue to see, you know, four of 10 to a guy like George Pickens, who's going to get increasingly frustrated. You're going to see one of three to a Calvin Austin or one of three to a, an Allen Robinson or a Najee Harris, or maybe only two targets overall for the, the starting tight end 
in the first two games, or five targets, whatever it is, in the first two games for Pat Fryermuth combined. Which brings us to, is this a thing? Which we will do next, right here on 4th Down in the Steel City.